Welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. That's comic books, everybody. Relax. Um, I'm one of your two co-hosts. My name is Will Hines. I'm the other co-host. My name is Kevin Hines. Notice the commonality between those two names? Yes, they have the same last name. And here's the deal with this podcast. It's two brothers, Kevin and I. I was going to say they both had I in the first name. Oh, yeah, that's also true. Yeah, these are two guys with... Who have a vowel in common of their first names, and they talk about the comic books they love. Mostly ones we loved as kids, but you know what? We're open to other things. Um, this season, we have been talking about the Justice League International franchise of comic books. We did several episodes on Justice League International, and now we're doing Justice League Europe. This episode, we're doing issue number two of Justice League Europe. Kevin, am I right? That's correct. Everything you said is accurate. We've recorded mm-hmm. slightly out of order, so it can be confusing uh, to us, mm-hmm. but not to you, the listener, unless we make mistakes. But yeah, we're covering Justice League Europe issue two today. Yeah, and Justice League, uh, this is the incarnation of the franchise that happened in the late 80s uh, under Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatties, where they took a lot of sort of also-ran heroes and Instead of the normal big guns that the Justice League held, these also rands were the Justice League for a little while, and it was a hugely popular, fun series, and we love it. Yeah, and Justice League Europe is a spinoff, like a, a, a second title off of Justice League America, which features Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, and Guy Gardner. They're like, we need another book to contain these yeah. amazing characters. And um, so, yeah, they have Justice League Europe, which actually is more powerful than Justice League um International, Yeah, more powerful. Definitely has a couple bigger names because once you have the Flash, that outdoes almost everybody. That outdoes even Martian Manhunter, everyone but Batman yeah. from Justice League uh, International. Uh, and then uh, after that... Captain it, it, Adam and Power Girl are very yeah, powerful. You get, you get to power, definitely, but you get to some B-list characters. You had Wonder Woman for a few panels in issue one, but she dropped out <laughs> yeah. by now. Yeah. Um, it's funny how, how little she was in it. Uh, it's it's also oh I mean we, we're only going to touch on Justice League Europe. It's never really it's referenced once that she was ever on the team. <laughs> She's so barely on the team, and it's she just fades away as if she was never there. She's really just there to be on the cover of the first issue. I think it'd be it'd be like if in Cheers Shelley Long didn't show up after the pilot and it wasn't mentioned, right? Because she. Um, um, which is true. That did happen. I mean, she was in more than one episode. Well, I, I, you got to go back and rewatch Cheers. She shows up again. In my memory, in my memory, she fades out pretty quick. She was a pretty big part of that first season. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, all right. Uh, this is not a Cheers I, podcast. I rem- so I guess I remember Cheers pretty well. It's um, Kirstie Alley, Michael J. Fox, mm-hmm. Harry Anderson, yep. and Jerry Seinfeld. That's true. For but Shelley Long show. was in most of that. Um, okay, I just don't remember that. Um, so Kevin, we're getting into issue two. What did you think of this issue? Because you said Michael J. Fox, uh, I was watching clips of um, uh, who's the guy who was supposed to be in Back to the Future? Um, Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. I was watching. There was like a couple clips of him being in the movie and a, a bunch of stills. And yeah. I, I wondered to myself, would that movie have been big with Eric Stoltz in it? Like, yeah. was Michael J. Fox essential? The movie is so fun. Yeah. Everything else is the same. He wasn't. He's not a bad actor. He's playing no, it a little no, differently. He's, he's probably playing it a little light. It still would be a pretty big hit, I think. Maybe like How marginally is I, I less. I haven't seen the clips. How is he playing it? He's a he's a little less. Uh, Michael J. Fox has that ability to be hammy without you thinking he's being hammy. You know, yeah. like Michael J. Fox can like bug out his eyes and you buy it. Right, right. He's a bit more clowning you mean yeah yeah like he's stumbling here and he's like oh mouth agape and uh eric stoltz isn't doing that like he's looking around like oh wow this is weird instead of being like he's more realistic but you know uh, that makes it sound like michael j fox is terrible michael j fox what made him so good in that movie is that he can get away with all those things i mean he's also an incredible incredible actor so i guess you're saying that michael j fox played it like funnier maybe he definitely played it funnier um but I don't know how essential that was. Also, Michael J. Fox is wearing a vest and uh, Eric Stoltz is wearing like a nice leather jacket. And I was like, maybe if Eric Stoltz had the vest, the the the, the vest that would have carried a lot of the weight for him. The vest is uh, funnier. Know, 
Back to the Future is one of those hits that's so phenomenally big that you got to think like every major component was crucial. Like that if yeah. you changed any of it, it wouldn't be as big just because but, they hit it so. But wouldn't it? It probably would still be a really enjoyable movie. Wouldn't it still be like a great movie? Don't you think? Uh, maybe it wouldn't have made sequels. Maybe it would have just been the one movie. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's fun to do that the other way too. Like, you know, a movie like, I don't know, Dark Man or something like that. That's like fine as it is. If there'd been a different casting choice that could have like. Yeah. Someone better than Liam up, Neeson. Oh, I don't know. Like opened up. I'm just picking that <laughs> yeah, super arbitrarily, but I'm trying to get movies that were like, oh yeah, it's a good movie, but like, yeah, I don't need any more of that. And like, oh, I wonder if it was a different actor. Maybe you would want more of that. Yeah. Like Dark City wasn't huge. But it's like a really cool movie. Right. And came out just before The Matrix, which kind of played with some of those same ideas. And I mean, in a very different way. Uh, yeah. Did you see Dark City? I did. I really liked it. Yeah, Dark City's great. As an, uh, you know, as an actor, I'm theoretically an actor out here, although my, my paychecks rarely prove that. But um, Eric Stoltz's situation is like a nightmare. You get Ugh. cast... In a huge movie, you're on set, you're filming it. The filming looks like it's going well. Like it also seems like he doing, was in a big chunk of it. Like the the stills, at least the, the the photos, he's in a lot of this movie. So they filmed a lot of it. Uh, he's doing like at least you know he's showing up and doing his job and learning his lines. There's no reason why he would think mm-hmm. he's doing badly. Uh, and then they're just like, yeah, it's not right. We're switching you out. I mean, that is just like yeah. terrifying. I mean, that ha- I, I, I'm sure he got paid for his work. You can't yes. fire somebody and not fulfill your contract. But just the demoralizing. I mean, he's had a great career and he's a really talented actor. But man, that's like that's a Pete Best level devastation. Well, it's just like Aragorn and Lord of the Rings was recast um, after they they started working with the other guy. I forget who that was. Um, yeah, I remember hearing about that. Um, and they had like, they flew in, what's the guy who played Aragorn? Figio Mortensen. Yeah. They flew him in last minute and like, he just dove in so deep and he was great. He was perfect in the role. I can't imagine anyone else playing it, but I don't know who that other guy is, but oof. Or Doug Ray Scott was supposed to be Wolverine. Wow. And Hugh Jackman. I, I think either Doug Ray Scott, something was, went long or for some reason he couldn't do it. And they, Hugh Jackman was the backup choice and it but made these are his where career. They also just seem great at it. Like yeah. it's, it's. I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I love. He's perfect. He Michael made me like as Marty McFly. Yeah. So it's like, I guess this is the other like, maybe less scary side as an actor. It's like sometimes people are just right for it, and there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Well, I, like I, if you if you're not the right fit, you're just not going to be the person. A dumber version of that is uh, Ray Romano being on the news radio pilot. As was he, the, he was the Joe Dave, Rogan the, character. Oh, okay. Um, Joe Rogan, the uh, horrible um, yeah. <laughs> podcast uh, You mean the brave truth teller? You mean the brave truth that's teller? That's what I mean. Um, Ray Romano had that part. And Ray Romano, <laughs> what, I mean, that's great. You get Ray Romano on your show. That seems great. It's pre-Everybody Loves Raymond, but this guy's going to break out. He's so funny. And he's filming it. And according to him, he's just like, he got a call like a few days into filming. He's like, I'm fired. He just knew it. And he got the call. And he's like, yeah just like wasn't working. His energy was not what they needed for that show. And Joe Rogan worked really well on that show. It's hard to imagine yeah. Ray Romano playing that same part. He wouldn't yeah. have been a completely different part, but, uh, uh, same thing. Like he, he thinks That's also reassuring to me because Ray Romano was so funny and so good. So the yeah. idea of him being bad, if, if he can be bad for a role, then, uh, but like Ray Romano thought, probably thought I've done it. I made it. I'm going to show with like Dave Foley and Phil Hartman. Yeah. This is and a, net, a network sitcom. Yeah. It's like, that's a big part. This is it. But also a network sitcom that seemed like, how is this not going to land? Yeah. And obviously the show was not a huge, huge hit anyway. Um, but I guess in that same sense, I, to tie it into what we should be talking about, would Justice League mm-hmm. International have worked with uh, different, with bigger names? If it had Superman and Wonder Woman and... Uh, you know, could have had the same sense of humor, like Giffen and DeMatteis could apply that sense of humor. But they probably couldn't have, right? Like they couldn't have gotten away with it as much. Yeah. I mean, I, it fits, it fits the people, the characters they got way better. It's much easier to have um, characters that don't have their own titles or that aren't, no one cares about. Yeah. So, 
you know, I, 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 I speak more and I, maybe Eric Stoltz could have been Marty McFly, but I don't think that Superman and Wonder Woman would have been as funny in Justice League International. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, after watching those clips, I was like, I think that movie still would have been a big, a big hit. It just probably wouldn't yeah. have been quite as perfect. Right. Anyway, if Eric Stoltz uh, is listening, that's what I think. Man. Could could Eric Stoltz have been Teen Wolf? How about or Doc Hollywood? Um, I mean, yeah, why not? <laughs> those aren't, those <laughs> don't seem like hard roles. <laughs> I don't know. You think he's got the emotional range of Teen Wolf down? You think he could do that? I mean, Teen Wolf is not a huge step away from Back to the Future. <laughs> Talk Hollywood's probably a bigger step. And I, uh, you know. uh, yeah, I, mean, I think he could. I think he could, he could take all of uh, Martin, uh, Michael J. Fox's roles and do pretty good. He would be not as good in any of them. Michael J. Fox is just sort of fun. Yeah, he's really funny. There's a reason he became like a breakout star of Family Ties. So quickly. I read. I, I listened to the Rob Lowe audiobook uh, stories. I only tell my friends. Have you ever heard that? No. I uh, Jeff Hiller recommended this. To our friend Jeff Hiller, comedian, uh, rock and tour man about town. Jeff Hiller uh, recommended this audiobook to me, and it was a great recommendation. The stories that Rob Lowe tells are really fun. Does Rob Lowe read and it? I, yeah, and he he he's a really great narrator, but he also imitates the voices of everybody. The, the reason it's a great book is Rob Lowe was famous, incredibly young, mm-hmm. like 19 or something like that. And he's met everybody and he, re, and he's just got amazing stories. And even before he was famous, he was like friends with Emilio Estevez living in Malibu and kind of like, he got a tour of the star Wars set before star Wars came out because of like his neighbors in Malibu brought him or something, or maybe it was even Martin Sheen and Emilio. I don't know. But like, uh, so all of his stories are, they're great. Um, they, they, actually, they are, somebody pointed this out to me. A lot of them fit into this template where it's like, there I was on an audition with another up and coming actor, both of us scared, but she gave me this advice, blah, 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 story, story, story. And then it ends with, and that actor, Janet Jackson or something like that. <laughs> like the big reveal of who it was is sort of kind of cheesy, but also I'm like, wow, Janet Jackson. But <laughs> Um, he, he does the voices of a lot of the people. He doesn't do Janet Jackson's voice, but he does a lot of like, um, the people that he meets and he has stories about Michael J. Fox and he impersonates Michael J. Fox as like a weasel, like this kind of hyper competitive, like, Hey, 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 hey Rob, uh, I guess you're not gonna have a number one movie this year or whatever, like talking trash about how well back to the future is doing more than, I don't know, the outsiders or whatever the heck Rob Lowe or San almost fire or something like that. <laughs> That's funny. I like to think of Michael J. Fox talking trash. When um, you like somebody, you, you can get away with all that stuff. You take his side. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But the impersonation is like really hilarious. I mean, his Robert Wagner, I guess because he dated Robert Wagner's daughter. Uh, I don't Something know. Something like that. He did Robert Wagner so well. That's how he was cast in the Austin Powers one where he, they travel back in time. He plays young Robert Wagner. Yeah. Because he, he could already do the impersonation. I think he maybe he pitched did- himself for the movie. He he talks about doing Wayne's World and he does Mike Myers and Dana Carvey impersonations. I don't know. I the book is not just impersonations. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. What are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about Robert Rob Lowe's career. The Grinder, great okay. show. <laughs> Grinder's great show. That pilot is so funny. Yeah. I'd say like oh my seventy five percent of that first that only season is a home run. The pilot's one of the funniest pilots I've yeah, seen. I love it, man. It really, I love it. It really made me laugh. I should rewatch it. Um, let's talk about it. <laughs> well, this digression, I'm sorry. Uh, it seemed relevant because you, you mentioned Michael J. Fox. Um, and I don't even remember why. I don't remember why either. Um, so, so you, uh, Justice League Europe issue two. <laughs> what'd you think of this issue? Will? I thought it was great. Yeah, I think it's fun. I, I really like it. I've said that every single issue we've done yeah. with Justice League, but I do. It's really fun. I also think, and yeah, because I've read ahead, I think this is still just building up to where it's going, but it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's also got kind of an old school feel with the uh, team splitting up into pairs. Like that was that's a thing. old school. That's the thing. The old, um, the original Justice League always used to do. They would always get a mission and then they would split up and they would have like their logos on those pages. It'd be like Green Lantern and Aquaman. Oh yeah, that happens in and this that issue. happens I in that this issue. Fun. Yeah. I, w- I wish I had a logo. Like whenever I appeared in somebody's podcast, they had to put the Will Hines typeface. Um, I mean, demand it. Not on this one. No one listens. But uh, on one of the ones people on Comedy Bang Bang, demand a logo. Next time you're on it. Okay. Interrupt. I think I've got that kind of cloud. Interrupt Scott Ackerman. Hey, hey, Scott. T- 
Zip it, pal. Let's talk logo where's, for the Heinzer. Where's my logo? People are like, oh, we should make one for P.F. Tompkins. No, 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 no. <laughs> Forget P.F. Tompkins. How about Andy Daly? You don't need it. <laughs> they, uh, I'm on this show every 30 or so episodes, and I, uh, you know, coming in the third slot doing pretty good. Where's the Will Hines logo? He's pretty good at this. <laughs> he is reliable, and yeah, people I want like a logo him. that tells people that you will not hate this, probably. <laughs> You're going to nod your head and be like, he's okay. <laughs> Speaking of that, what do you think of the Justice League Europe logo? Let me look at it. Um, I, I love it. I don't know. Am I, have, I, have I lost my ability to dislike things? I like it too. Saw- There's something fun about it. Uh, it's, you know, this standard Justice League font for Justice League, but then Europe is sort of almost spray painted on, not quite spray painted, but uh, uh, a very, yeah, it looks it looks like, very different font. It looks like a fountain pen, like like Thomas Jefferson wrote this. Yeah. Like Justice League looks like Hal the computer, and then Europe is Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, I think it's cool. It it, it it pops. That's all I'm saying. Cover's really good. It shows an undersea creature wrangling a number of the Justice League Europe members underwater. Metamorpho, elongated man, and Flash. Yeah, that undersea creature is one of the Global Guardians. Though I don't think they. It depends on you knowing that to understand this issue. Yep, I did not know that. Uh, it's called Deep Sixth. That's fun. That's what the cover is um, called. The issue itself is somebody up there hates us. It's also really funny. Uh, it opens. Let's get into it. Should we just get into let's it? Let's get into it. So we open on Captain Adam and his civilian identity. I forget what this guy's real name is. Overlooking a man being buried in a Paris cemetery. We know it's Paris because the Eiffel Tower is in view in the background. Yeah, it was also in view in like the first issue right away. They want to remind you where they are a little too much. Uh, Americans, whenever they said anything in Paris, you're going to see that Eiffel Tower a lot. I think this might be the first time we've seen Captain Adam in the Justice League books, not Silver. That's right. It is. Uh, his, um, his name is Nathaniel Adam. I did not know that. A-D-A-M. Page two, he does a good job of summing up the story, which is that like this man stumbled to the doorstep of JLE Embassy, said the word braces, and then died. It was revealed he was a Nazi, which led a bunch of protesters to swarm the embassy, calling them Nazi sympathizers. Uh, although, though it did turn out that mob was being hypnotized by some unknown force. And so now Captain Adam is at this man's funeral to dig up leads, but nobody's gone to the funeral. So Yeah, so the first two pages, nothing happens other than recap. Um, I, I, recaps are interesting to me. I, I, they're necessary evil in comics. You know, there's so few pages, but you yeah. need to catch people up at least what they need to know for this issue. Uh, they sort of make fun of it here because he announces his name as he's flying away and thinks, yeah. oh, I'd better watch it. I'm starting to sound like something out of a comic book. Yeah. Um, and there's been characters... In other stories that have commented on how they're recapping or doing exposition. Um, but I wonder how many people are buying issue two of a spinoff title of a hit title as their first issue. Probably not many. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like when I was a kid, I would go into like the 7-Eleven. I would just grab some comics off the rack and I would be in the middle of a story every time. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't. I, I, yeah. I, also, I also like how they have to like summarize the powers of the characters. Yes. It's uh, one of the things, let's talk about movies some more. It's one of the things I really love about X2 so much is that there's a, you see all their powers early in the movies in sort of inconsequential ways. Like you see uh, Iceman cool a Coke mm. and Wolverine uh, puts out a cigarette on himself or something. Okay. Uh, like just like a tiny injury so you can see, see him heal. And it's, they're you like fun you. moments, but they're also like you see everyone use their powers in those first few scenes. And then afterwards, when they use their powers, it's always, you know, super heroic. Kevin, you're a big fan of X2. I am. I think it holds up pretty well. Would you say that you hate everything else except for X2? Everything else, like, all-encompassing? Yeah. You, you're saying? Well, I mean, if I have to put it on a scale, probably. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, Brian I Singer's like uh, Torrid Past has made X2. Uh, I can't hold X2 quite as high. It's a really fun movie to watch. It's a great movie, though. Um, okay, so page three, Captain Adam is now in his silver flying around superhero mode. And now he goes back to the ABC. We get a little run of jokes where he's expecting everything to have gone badly, which is, happens a lot in the original Justice League International title. There's always problems in the embassy headquarters. But the joke here is that nothing's wrong. Things are going pretty smooth. The, the transporter had some issues uh, uh had some issues last issue. I used the wrong word there, uh, but they've been fixed. 
Everything else seems up online. And then we see Sue Dibney, Ralph Dibney, the elongated man's wife, is sitting up monitor duty. And she sort of takes over what I would say is the Oberon role of this book. Which is sort of monitor duty, relayer of information, kind of like the Oracle Batgirl, right? Yeah. Sits at the computer and gets all the info to pass it around. Sort of the human who sort of helps out a lot, but um, isn't one you want to bring into combat. She doesn't have any powers to fight in combat, yeah. right? And um, so Sue and Ralph are a married couple, and he is like a great detective. And I guess she's also a really good detective. Yeah. Or just, uh, or just a I think, smart person. I think, and they I just think have like, that's been played up more because of, uh, the, I think initially she's probably just a doting wife, which is bad. Um, so she's become smarter and smarter. Here she's definitely played like a, um, the other half of the Thin Man franchise, Myrna Loy, she's sort of witty and, and helpful and almost mm-hmm. as good a detective as elongated man and will catch things he doesn't do. And also now a computer expert. She's a hacker. That's always and good so to give that are, someone that ability when they don't have something else to do. Uh, like Cypher in the New Mutants. Yeah. I love Cypher. I know. I, just, I brought him up for your sake. Thank you. Um, so we see there more exposition. She, they're, they're using her computer skills to try to search for info on who is trying to sully the name of Justice League Europe by having a Nazi die on their doorstep and hypnotize mobs. And so she locates three locations which helps facilitate our team splitting up for the rest of the issue to search all three locations. We get more jokes about Ralph, uh, Ralph's nose. Yes, yes. Uh, he wiggles his nose when there's a mystery um, because he's, you know, he's an elongated man. He can move his nose um, at will. And so he wiggles it with excitement for mysteries. And everyone says it's disgusting. Will you stop with the nose twitching? Captain Adam says. But it's my trademark, says Ralph. What's his name? Dinby? Dibney, yeah. I don't Dibney. care, says Captain Adam. <laughs> Eyes Bes- flaring with anger. Besides, Sue thinks it's adorable, and she's right there and says, no, she doesn't. Yeah, that was why we were dating, hon. The adorableness wore off about five years ago. Now you tell me. Um, uh, What's our next move, Chief, she says. This is the little sub-game of uh, Sue's got kind of a crush on Captain Adam. She's sort of flirting with Captain Adams. Uh, so does Catherine Colbert um, throughout these things. But uh, Ralph sort of... I mean, Captain Adam's a hunk, you know what I mean? His shoulders are as wide as he is tall. Yeah. Long, flowing hair, all silver. Women love when a guy is one color. Um, yeah, just, just a monochrome tone. Head to toe, uh, every aspect. He's got your requisite superhero abs. There's a good eight to ten abs. <laughs> um, there's definitely some extra muscles in the pec or arm area, or at least it looks like it. He's got more muscles than most humans should have. The Ralph's pretty buff himself. Ralph's the buff. one Bart Sears draws him at least. Uh, but yeah, Ralph gets jealous, but it's all, it all seems like playful. There's no real problems in the uh, Dibney marriage. Then we see all the members of JLE getting their signal that they have to come back to headquarters because now they have three places they have to search looking leads on this Nazi death. It's a fun sequence. We never really saw this with Justice League, uh, the American branch, like them all in their home life. They were always just around. So we see Wally West trying to pick up a girl. He's portrayed as a sort of a relentless womanizer. Then we see Animal Man with his costume, his new costume, because his old one got burned in the JLE teleporter tube last issue. We see Power Girl and her insane cleavage leaving some office building, um, getting signal. We see Dimitri, uh, uh, Rocket Red and his civilian guys is getting a signal, and he just throws out the word blintzes so we know he's Russian. <laughs> And then Metamorpho is just hanging around watching the Three Stooges uh, and Catherine, the administrator slash leader of JLE, notifies him. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're all notified. I guess Metamorpho and Elongated Man were the only people hanging out at the base uh, with Captain Adam. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun little... I like, I like seeing moments like that. The alarms going off is fun. The call to arms. It's good little, like, here's everybody you're going to see this issue. Um, Wonder, Woman, bot- Wonder Woman was not alerted. No, Wonder Woman is like uh, far away. Yeah, she's she's made serious distance from this place. At the bottom of page, um, whatever page we're on, um, great. That's help six. Uh, D- Ralph and Dibney make reference to his mm-hmm. rubber stretching ability being sexually pleasing, which is like the kind of joke that as a kid when you're reading about superheroes you make about your plastic men type heroes. Yeah, or Kevin you know, Smith Mr. would make in a Mallrats movie. Yeah, Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Girl, uh, what's the sex like? 
but you usually don't see it referred to in comics, but it's referred to here. Yeah. Um, it feels more wholesome than that. It's it's just subtle enough that I feel like it would go over a kid's head. I, I agree. I'm going to read it. Uh, Ralph, the stretchy man, says, I wonder what the captain's got planned. And Sue, with a little winsome smile, I'm sure he knows what he's doing. He's quite a man. And then Ralph's like, hey, before you start getting a crush on this guy, just remember who your husband is. You know, the fellow with the rubber body parts. And she goes, as if I could ever forget, darling. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly just saying, hey, we're in love. This flirtation is totally harmless. But that is a sex joke. Yeah. I mean, it could certainly be played as just like, it's me. I'm this. I'm the only one with rubber body parts. It's me. Or that even her response could always be played like, I don't necessarily like that. I can't forget that. But for sure, it's meant to be sexual in nature. Um, I want more sex jokes. Okay. So then we, we get to the first pairing uh, where we see the logos. Next season, the all erotic comics. Yep. <laughs> uh, Cherry <laughs> Jubilee. That's, that's yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, and I don't uh, actually. Omaha the Cat Dancer. Oh, yeah. Omaha the I do Cat know Dancer. That one. That's, that, one I, that's yeah. familiar with me. I mean, Love and Rockets, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's tons of sex in Love and Rockets. It's not technically an erotic comic, but. But that's why you read it. It's hard to tell sometimes. I read it just for the smut. <laughs> I was into Love and Rockets yeah. just for the boobs and ass. I remember you getting issues and being like, there's barely any fucking. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That sounds like me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is BS. Throwing the issue against the wall. Dial on my phone. Dear, or hello, Hernandez brothers. <laughs> Leaving a message from Will Hines. Where's the effin'? That's why I get your books. Actually, that's a complaint you never have to worry about with Love and Rockets issues. <laughs> no. Yeah. Especially Gilbert. Gilbert's just like, you did, did you read my part? <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so we see the first, like, subgrouping of JLE going off to investigate. It's Captain Adam and Animal Man. And their names are written with their respective logos. Yeah, Captain they're Adam. Both, they're both uh, very uh, forceful animal with claw marks across it. Yep, and uh, they're flying. These are both two flying dudes. Mm-hmm. And they are in, they've gone to California, and they teleported there. Uh, yeah, they teleported in. Uh, animal Man was a little nauseous from it. There's a reference to Booster Gold, who often got nauseous in Justice League International. Um, and th- As a California guy, I want to know where where the, where was it? Is it L.A.? Is it San Diego? Where uh, San Francisco? It's the sunny coast about? of California. That's got to be just one spot. <laughs> yeah, where, where is it? That narrows it down. Where is it sunny and coast? Uh, yeah, I guess it's got to be Modesto, baby. <laughs> uh, but wherever they were going has been uh, obliterated. Yeah, they're investigating some Nazi headquarters, and they do find a Nazi headquarters, like with a swastika and everything, but it's been burnt to the ground. And then there is a Viking on a horse there to attack them. I am called the Wild Huntsman, but you may call me Death. Pretty good entrance line. Uh, Although the next panel is very Justice Very funny, yeah. Animal Man says, he's a Viking, but all the Vikings are dead. Captain Adam, oh good, then we won't have to fight him. And then Animal Man, uh, speaking of fighting, did I mention to you that I'm having some problems with my powers lately? Captain Adam, maybe we should just surrender now. <laughs> yeah, um, which I guess is a reference to what was happening in the Animal Man book, but it is very funny to be a member of the Justice League being like, my powers aren't working. <laughs> and to mention it right before, right as you're getting attacked. Yeah, yeah. Um, they dispose of this guy pretty quick, and then once they knock him out, they realize that he's not acting in his right mind. He's like... They're easily knock him out and he falls into a coma. I mean, it's helpful that Captain Adam is like a walking nuclear bomb. Yeah. This guy was never really a threat when you've got Captain Adam there. But, um, yeah. So he blasts him. pages of fight. Uh, he goes, he should have just stunned. Uh, uh, I gave him just enough to stun him. But the way he's lying there, breathing's real shallow. You know, Cap, if I didn't know better, I'd say that both he and his pals were in a coma. Yep. Uh, so. We don't know what's up with that. We cut away to our next pair, Power Girl and Rocket Red, and they are investigating the second of the locations, which is in Germany. Yeah, and it's burning down as well. Uh, so we see a pattern forming. Uh, this must be yes. like Rocket Red's first logo because it's not like he has his own title ever. Power Girl probably had a logo in some uh, 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 pre-crisis era, but Rocket Red, yeah. for sure, this is a new thing, and it's fine. It is very serviceable. Yeah. It is an adequate logo. It is red. Yep. It's not, and the R's are long. It's not Soviet enough. It should be dripping with uh, uh, like a backwards K or something. Yeah, they should use Gorbachev's face to make the C. <laughs> um, 
So they're investigating this building and it's already burned down. So they don't know what's up with that. They leave. There's a nice moment where Racket Red um, uh, sort of is sad about all the dead Nazis. Um, you know, like Power Girl oh, yeah. says, can't say I feel too bad about this. At least these Nazis won't have any place to meet for a while. And Rocket Red says, you mean the ones that weren't burned alive in that fire? Power Girl, are you defending Nazism? And Rocket Red, no, I'm bemoaning the senseless waste of human life. You know what? Good for him. He's very sweet, right? Dimitri's always established as a real kind of soft-hearted, not soft-hearted, but like a warm-hearted human being kind of guy. He's a really good guy, and definitely in the current uh, uh, climate that we live in, I'm like, I wish he was still in comics. I wish Dimitri wasn't dead in the DC universe and was still like part of teams. He's really fun. Kevin, I think we should take a break. Good idea, Will. Glad we didn't forget. I'm glad we did not forget and record this later and put it in. We're just taking a break at the right time because we remembered. Good for us. Hey, it's us again, your hosts, Kevin and Will Hines, and we want to hear from you. That's right. You can email us at screwitspidey at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at screwitcomics. We also have an Instagram account where we post images from the comics that we talk about, and that's screwitcomics on Instagram. That's three different ways to connect with us. Tell us your thoughts about the issues we're talking about or the format of the show or our life choices that have led us to this point. Reach out and tell us anything, honestly, and we might talk about it on a future episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. And we're back. So let's get back to talking about the thing we were just talking about before we took this break. Easy to remember because we just talked about it. It's not like we recorded this later. So Power Girl and Dimitri, uh, sorry, Rocket Red, they fly away from the scene because there's nothing to investigate and they get attacked by somebody. Yes. Who says, die, Nazi loyalist scum. Die at the hands of the dash dash rising sun. Yep. And he is some sort of a, he's a, clearly a Japanese uh, a character. Um, and based on everything says, about him, including his name. Yep. Uh, his costume theme. He's not looking too Asian, which I, th- I am glad for. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? They didn't go into that. Uh, I guess late 80s were beyond terrible characters yeah, there's no, there's Actually, no, i'm sure i'm sure it happened but we were we were the, we were certainly beyond where it would have been in like the 40s there's no yellow peril happening or anything like that um yeah uh it, there's no like number one son come to take you down yeah uh but we do have uh power girl says what i'm thinking which is it's amazing no matter how often i study the files there always seem to be more of these super villains than i've never heard of <laughs> yeah and you know here's the reason he was a good guy well Oh, okay. She's reading the wrong that. files. He was a member of the, the Global the Guardians. They're good until, you know, this era. So, I mean, not popular. A little bit. Not popular. <laughs> yeah, still not big. She's right to have not heard mm-hmm. of them. So it's a very similar pattern to the Viking with Captain Adam and Animal Man. Power Girl and, and Rocket Red get into a little fight with this guy. They're kind of just testing the waters. He hits them a little too hard. Power Girl gets mad. And Power Girl has, like, Superman's powers, right? Yes, she's almost as strong as Superman, basically. So, again, ne- never really a threat. And when she is angry, she takes him out instantly. And just like the last villain we saw, he's passed out and they know that something's up. These heroes have a good uh, ability to know how hard they hit or shoot somebody. Because she says, impossible, I pulled my punch. Should have just knocked the wind out of him. It must be hard to gauge that, but they just know. Pulling, pulling one's punch is something I only know of from comic books. Yeah, the characters, Spider-Man pulled his punches nonstop, right? Yeah, I mean, not visually. Like, the <laughs> the visual arc of his punches in the Ditko days were like a full 360-degree swing every time he punched anybody. Well, this Supergirl punch, she flies full speed at his head. Yeah, He's how, flailing backwards. It looks like yeah. his neck is broken. She's like, <laughs> I pulled my punch. That's really funny when you play the Spider-Man, when one plays the Spider-Man video game. The, and this is true of lots of video game fights. The fights are so brutal you're supposedly just knocking people out, but it's like nobody would survive the things you're putting these like criminals through. Yeah. These characters just fly around. So they get hit so hard, but yeah, pulling punches is such a big thing. And then you always have those moments when they fight somebody strong and they think, I don't have to pull my punches anymore. What a relief. Uh, I can just be as brutal as I want. Yeah. Um, so 
That's resolved temporarily, mm-hmm. and we go to Metamorpho, Elongated Man, and The Flash, three crazy logos. Those are all are on for sure ship. existing logos. That's Elongated Man's logo from when he was a Flash co-feature. Metamorpho, I've seen that logo before, and that's the Flash's current logo. For Yeah, so for sure these are legit logos. I'm here just to talk about logos. Kevin Hines, Mr. Logo. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Logo. Uh, I like that alter ego for you. Yeah, yeah. They they're, they're crossing the English Channel to go to the to go to Dover, and uh, Metamorpho is kind of you know fedora overcoat your classic like monstrous hero mm-hmm. incognito outfit. That's right. And Flash is talking about girls. Dibney's giving him a little uh, heat for not being Barry Allen. Yeah, what happened to you? You were such a sweet child. Barry used to be so proud of his little kid Flash. Come on, Ralph. Well, don't call me that. Yeah. Do you always have to bring yeah. Barry up? This, I like this next bit. Oh, I didn't realize you were so desperate to forget him. But since you decided to inherit his name, you better learn to handle all the baggage that comes with it, which is true. Yeah. If you didn't want to be talk, people to talk about Barry Allen, don't be the Flash. I mean, it's also the main thrust of his title at this time is him coming to terms with living up to Barry's legacy. Um, yeah. Hi, I'm a boxer. I've adopted the name Muhammad Ali. But could you please stop asking me about the other Muhammad Ali? Yeah. Michael Jordan Jr. <laughs> gonna be rough yep. uh but yeah so they're so they're sort of bickering and then like sort of a, a sea monster is watching them a three-eyed uh, creature from the black lagoon looking guy and they don't know who he is and they fight him and then metamorpho's powers are so silly looking yeah i mean he looks like a i don't know like the squee or whatever they were called like oh, the, the smoo the smoo yeah yeah from uh, andy uh, cap or al cap whatever it was uh, from Little Abner, yeah, Little but Abner, also from, you know. also, there was something like that in the Hanna-Barbera. The Herculoids, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forget what those characters were called, but there was like a, a, a big blob and a little blob. <laughs> yeah, big blob and little blob. He looks a little like a modern um, uh, stand-up urinal to me. Uh, yeah, he looks like a big urinal when he's like changing his shape to take care of uh, underwater dude. Yeah, does he say what his name is? Uh, uh, Tuatara. Is what he says his name is, and so it's the same thing. Tuatara gives them a, gives them all a little tussle, but they but they they are um, victorious. There's a fun part where uh, Wally and Barry are ta- uh, Wally and uh, uh, Ralph are talking, and Ralph goes Wally Wally, and Wally's like, "What are you ta- yelling about? Behind you, behind me, where?" And then this guy knocks Elongated Man and Wally off the boat, and Elongated Man just goes, "This never would have happened to Barry." <laughs> That's funny. It's very funny, and he's pr- probably uh, it's probably true, probably true. Uh, so we have another little nose joke here at the end. Like they subdue him, and they notice that he was calling them Nazis. Mm-hmm. And the and um, uh, elongated man goes, "What gives?" And Flash says, "What gives is right." This guy's gone out like a light. Ralph goes, "I don't like this." His nose wobbling like crazy. And Metamorpho goes, Ugh, will you stop that nose twitching? Ralph says, my wife thinks it's cute. Flash, that's not what she told me. <laughs> yeah, uh, Metamorpho has become a life raft, and uh, Wally is the, the paddler. He's using his super speed mm-hmm. to move it. So, uh, yeah. They're all, and, uh, and Ralph's got them all tangled up, got the bad guy tangled up. He's like a human lasso. Yeah. So then the last page of this comic, we sort of get a teaser of what might be going on. And this is stuff that was all sort of set up in those epilogues in the Justice League International books uh, near the very end of what we covered. We see Jack-O-Lantern and Owlwoman, members of the Global Guardians, who now are based in Bialya. Yeah, who, these guys, this, this is the super group that sort of got supplanted by the League. Mm-hmm. Fire, so Fire and Ice were members of it, but they left to become good joined, guys. Yeah. And so these guys are bad guys. They've become bad guys. It, it's it's we know Jack O'Lantern for sure is a bad guy. He's allied with uh, Queen Bee, uh, right? Has Queen Bee showed up yet? Um, uh, whoever. No. Uh, then Colonel Ruman. He's allied with Colonel Ruman. We know he's a bad. And we guy. know he's a bad guy. Um, uh, maybe at this point we skip the issues where Queen Bee showed up. Queen Bee sort of is another bad guy in Bialya who sort of surplants. Uh, supplants. Um, uh, Owl Woman's costume She better not gain even four ounces of weight <laughs> the, Her costume is 
painted on and slit. Uh, it's got a neckline that literally goes down to her navel. Well, she's going to be competing uh, with Power Girl, and she needs to yeah, go toe to toe. Yes, um, her costume is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, they're talking about how this is all part of their plan. They're, these these other members of the Guardians being captured and going into comas. These idiots still don't suspect anything. Right, so they're up to something that would explain whatever we just saw for this issue, but we're not going to find out this issue because that's the end. Yeah, we get a little boah-ha-ha-ha, which has now become sort of the trademark of these books, and it's and it's done. Okay, that's um that's the end of the issue. Yeah. Um, should we talk about favorite moments? Yes. Uh, my favorite moment is looking at all the crazy shapes Metamorpho makes. They're fun. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really good choice. I think um, it was not what I was thinking. Um, I think my favorite moment was the Animal Man Captain Adam exchange, where he's like, "My powers aren't working." Yes. So funny! Such a terrible timing of it. Funny and very Justice League. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a fun issue. It, it's not momentous or, or crazy, but it is a good demonstration of what I really like about Justice League Europe over yes. where Justice League International kind of goes from here in that um, there's action happening and humor. It's not just humor. Even if this okay. action is largely easily handled and forgettable. Like, I don't close this issue and go, ooh, that wild huntsman fight. Right. But it was there. It's more of a balance of action and comedy. Yes, that's right. Or action and character, I guess. I keep saying comedy, but I really just mean character. I mean, it's humor in characters. I often, um, I'm talking so much about movies and television, and I apologize, but, uh, you know, the show, did you ever hear the show Chuck starring Zachary Levi? Uh, you used to tell me about it. Um, it was like a kid who, uh, um, or a guy, a young man who was sort of accidentally imprinted with like a computer information. And it sort of became mm-hmm. like essential to these uh, spies that needed to help him solve cases or whatever. Uh, and I remember watching the pilot to this show and being like, yeah, sounds like this is sort of a very common thing. But it was the pilot was getting some nice buzz from critics. So I was like, I'm going to watch this pilot. It was like available online. And I laughed more in that pilot than I do during most sitcoms. And I think it was just because it wasn't a comedy. It was a funny action show. So it's like I wasn't like sitting there going, yeah, try to make me laugh. Right. Yeah. Your expectations are different. Yeah. It's not like watching like The Office where I still laugh sometimes, but it's like they're not getting some laughs out of me because I'm waiting to laugh where this show is like, right, what's right, happening right. next? And I would just laugh here and then like, oh, I didn't expect a joke. In this moment, it's like Bruce Bruce Willis is hilarious in like Die Hard sometimes, yeah, yeah. but it's like you wouldn't want him doing Anchorman, <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. Um, and so I think there's some. So I think that is humor, though. That is comedy. Um, it's where comedy, I think, is some of the best comedy can come from. Like Indiana Jones is so funny. Um, yes, and it's funny because it's in a movie where you don't know when those jokes are going to come. It's Harrison Ford is very funny in in a lot of his early movies because he could deliver these He's sort so of dry, lines. Yeah. And, He's so good. I'm playing a video game called Uncharted, which is like you basically play a Indiana Jones sort of yeah. like person. Uh, and uh, it's great. Even uh, Force Awakens, I was thinking, uh, which is a, a fine movie, not a great movie, not a terrible movie. But there's a line where somebody goes, uh, I forget the exact line, but they ask if like, can't we just use the force to do that? That's not how the force works. And Harrison Ford goes, that's not how the force works. He's like so irritated by this thing that isn't even his thing. And it was, it's very funny and very great delivered. And it was a huge laugh from me. Uh, C-3PO is really funny in those movies because of that same reason. Comic relief is fun in that way, I guess. Yeah. C-3PO. C-3PO is great in Star Wars. I'm ready for him to go on the road. C-3PO, the protagonist of Star Wars. (laughs) I believe that he's the protagonist. He's very, very funny in the the original Star Wars trilogy. Go on without me. Leave me behind. <laughs> so ready to give up constantly. I love it. No more adventures. Um, I have a couple quick emails. Do you have time? I got to go. Okay. We'll save them for next time. No, well, let's do oh. it. <laughs> I, I believed you. I was kidding. I you had something going on. I don't know. You got lots of Zoom things. It's um, true. I'm, a, so I'm Zoom-tastic. We got a few more emails about nonplussed. Uh, I'm oh, just one of them. <laughs> I deserve it. I do deserve uh, it. <laughs> do you remember that issue of JLA? When I just got, we got to tell me what else they didn't hear. Yes. They haven't used the word nonplus and I dressed him down for getting it wrong. <laughs> and I was totally wrong on what the word meant. And then I apologized like two episodes later because of just like we had recorded ahead of time. So I couldn't mm-hmm. 
So for two episodes, I had just slam dunked Kevin unfairly, and the and, and our listeners have cried out injustice. Yeah. Correct, which is true, which is true. Yeah. Um, so this a- Andrew Cox emailed us. Do you remember that issue of JLA when Superman told Batman that nonplussed me- means to react with anger and Batman just looked at him nonplussed and reminded him that as a reporter, Superman should know that nonplussed means for one to be surprised and confused so much that one is unsure how to react. Uh, and I don't remember that issue, but I told Andrew, if you can give me a copy of it, I'd love to read it. <laughs> if it existed, we would deserve to see yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Joe Wartman has uh, made a request about our other brother, Brian. Okay. Uh, you mentioned in past episodes that there's another Heinz brother, in quotes, mm-hmm. Brian. <laughs> and that he has a, he has some sort of history with comics. You've already, parenthetical, self-proclaimed, and parentheses, the only podcast in the world where two brothers talk about something. <laughs> Citation needed. Uh, here's my pitch. A special episode featuring Brian in which you become the only podcast in the world where three brothers talk about something. <laughs> That's right. There's no podcast, especially not one called My Brother, My Brother and Me. Yeah, no, no. Which has three brothers <laughs> that's gone on to any success at all. And I'm sure there are so many more. There's probably so many. But I, I refuse to acknowledge any of them. And I'm currently running 10 podcasts myself. I probably have another one where there's brothers talking about this. Um, I think we should have Brian on sometime. It'd be great. I like him. What's he doing? Uh, I haven't checked in. Hmm. Uh, Robert Christ emailed in with some uh, catchphrase uh, suggestions. Well, last uh, or two episodes ago, um, you uh, pitched a bunch of uh, new catchphrases for superheroes. Yeah. Let's get uncanny for the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of X marks the spots for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I amuse myself. It's true. Uh, Spidey, it's time to get thwipped up. <laughs> so you Love like it. it? All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Daredevil, truth or dare. <laughs> uh, and his Batman one is just Martha, which I think is a knock on the Batman versus Superman film. Knock, yeah. That's right. uh, a deserved knock on that movie. He a deserved knock. He also references nonplussed. Um, <laughs> oh man! Uh, but then he mentions that uh, you have to do a segment of at least ten issues about Love and Rockets. Uh, you've mentioned it so much over the seasons, and frankly, I'm not going to read it. I barely read comics to begin with, so maybe send <laughs> off. Uh, uh, so maybe a send off once you hacks call it quits. Um, we'll probably, I bet you, I can see us doing one or two issues of Love and Rockets someday, or at least I, we'll at least do an episode. I'll, I'll say that we got to cover it at some point. You love it enough to cover up my having only liking it. Yeah, we average out to somebody who likes it a lot. We could maybe do like a cleanup season where we just touch on a lot of stuff that we're not going to be able to give full attention to. Because you could do like a hundred episodes on Love and Rockets. There's so much, yeah. but you could also just do like a intro to Love yeah. and Rockets. That, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you. We could even do four episodes. I don't think that would be crazy um, mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as a primer. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, next season, we're probably doing, or we're definitely doing Sandman, right? We've announced that now at this point. That's right. Although I, we did that year one episode that we did with Z Chun last time. Woof, makes me want to do more year one. Yeah, a lot of people are asking us to do the rest of year one. Because I, I read the other three issues that night. And of course, no, I remember that it was great. But being immersed in its greatness, I was like, man, this is a home run comic book. On Twitter and in our uh, Instagram DMs and on emails, we've had a few people mentioned uh, that they're like, you should cover the rest of Batman Year One. And they're right. Um, I think we were talking about maybe it at one should, point, but then you know, Z maybe wanted we should to do cover that before it. Sandman. Uh, and we were, you know, not going to say no. Uh, oh, yeah. It was, a, it was a great choice. Maybe we should do it before Sandman. Yeah. It's only three, because only three issues. Yeah, we only so have we three more fast. to do, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or we could just do one issue between each season. <laughs> Take forever just to get to it. it out. Um, but it is so good. And I wouldn't mind. Uh, as we we were discussing before we recorded that episode, which issue to cover. And they're all so and good. And I was like, ooh, what's well, got to be one was my instinct. And then I flipped through it and I was like, ooh, but four is so good. How would you not do four? And then I like looked at three. I was like, oh, three would be perfect too. And like the most <laughs> iconic moment from the whole thing is an issue two. So I was like, well, you could do so, any of them. Let's just do it. Okay. So Batman Year One will be our next season. Sorry, <laughs> Sandman fans. Um, well, well, let's just have it. We'll do it unbroken. We'll do like Year One and Sandman. They both got capes. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Sandman's coming out with an Audible um, series. 
So it'd be nice to be coming out when that's when audible uh, radio shows are tearing up the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, I ripped off Sandman for one of my biggest comedy bang bang characters. Um, so Which one? I would like to, I would <laughs> more, I do Sandman. I do mm-hmm. Morpheus. Not familiar with that one. Okay. Well, he's is a he, big character he in Sandman. Sandman. He's, yep. He's, he's like the sidekick character. to the pumpkin headed guy. He's, he's actually the main character and the titular character. He is the Sandman. Oh. I always think of Sandman as Flint Marka. Kept waiting for him to show up uh, for 75 issues. <laughs> Disappointing. <laughs> you really hate, you must have hated that series. It felt like a tease. <laughs> Uh, uh, if you want to email us, email us at screwitspidey at gmail.com. Yeah, or look at our Instagram, screwitcomics. I love this Instagram. God, if you have Instagram, please follow us. And I just say because it's so good. If you've listened to us blather at all on this episode, I guarantee you, you will love the Instagram account. It's so good. There won't be any Having Back to, to the Future uh, posts, but other than that, you'll get what you, yeah. you came for. The, the very undocumented movie, Back to the Future, will not be getting any attention from us, even though it's sorely... No one talks about Back to the I mean, Future. Even you though we spent Sir, 20 minutes talking about it. <laughs> anyway, Screw It Comics on Instagram. There's also Screw It Spidey from our first season and Screw It Recent, which is just whatever Kevin's reading recently. But, hey, I, I don't want to press my luck. Follow Screw It Comics mm-hmm. and then let's go from there. We also have a Twitter account, Screw It Comics. Which is mostly just the Instagram tweeting, but Kevin, will, you can reach us there. Yeah, so I respond to email stuff. Email us at screwitspidey at gmail, or you can send us DMs at screwitcomics on Instagram, or DMs at Twitter, screwitcomics. Yeah, uh, but before we get into Batman Year One, we will be finishing up Justice League Gear Up. We've got a few more issues of that we want to cover, uh, yeah. at least through issue four, maybe through issue six. Yeah, so come on back to hear more of that. Yeah. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> I didn't know if I was supposed to say something or not. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, it's Mia. Hey, it's Allie. And we host the Rom-Com Review Podcast, P.S. I Love Rom-Com. Each week, we'll have incredible guests come and discuss a new rom-com, grand gestures, meet cutes, and of course, that elusive chemistry. Mia, what are you doing holding that giant boombox over your head? I'm hoping to win over listeners with this grand gesture. Take us back! Find a new episode every week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Wow, you're uh, still holding that boombox. Yeah, I've got great upper body strength. Thanks, CrossFit. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Campfire.